0: This is Millennially Speaking, the soapbox for politics, pop culture, and everything in between. I'm David Latimer. This week, we're talking about Black Friday shopping, a popular 70s TV show, and the controversy surrounding America's Got Talent. But first, I want to talk about Black Friday shopping, as this episode is coming out on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And I had a whole segment planned about how I feel about Black Friday shopping and how Black Friday shopping has changed over the years, and I'm still going to get to that, but I do have a little story about how my Black Friday experience went. So I will get into my story, but let me sort of first begin with my rant. So Black Friday shopping, of course, it, everybody knows it was a, a Friday thing. It was, you wake up at four in the morning, the store opens really, really early. And, you know, there's lines all at the, you know, the big stores, your WalMarts, your big department stores. And, and there's always these really good deals, these bottom dollar TVs and, and all kinds of really good stuff. What I'm noticing a lot more recently, we all know that the Black Friday sales are beginning much, much earlier. We all know that they're starting on Thursday. they I remember when they first started, they crept back to like midnight, and that was the first real big change. And then they started getting a little earlier, and it was like Thursday at like 10, and then it was like 8. And now I think the earliest I've seen was like 5, but then there was another store that I saw that had like normal hours from like 10 to 7. So, I mean, obviously that's, that's not a new observation. I know people are every year this comes around and they complain about how stores are open on Thanksgiving and they shouldn't be open on Thanksgiving. And, and I, I agree with some of that. I mean, I understand that uh, the the need to have the stores open Thanksgiving night, I, I understand where that's coming from because I know a lot of people eat Thanksgiving dinner early. And then after they're done, it's kind of like, well, now what do we do? The only problem is, is that when you do the, the five o'clock thing... You still need, like, managers and other associates to come in early at, like, 4 or 3 or something just to prepare for the store opening. Because they have to do all the regular openings, you know, the, the cash register, and, and getting the store actually prepared. You know, things that they've already done throughout the week, but now there's more to be done because they do have to prepare for the big shopping day. So, I, I kind of understand where, where people are coming from when they say it's too early, and I do get that. I mean, I think... I understand where consumers, the the sort of consumer appeal of going super early and doing something on Thursday night, I understand where that is. But I think we can control ourselves. But again, that's blaming consumers for something that businesses have decided to do. So I think maybe businesses need to make the change and we will sort of follow behind. We will just sort of fall in line because that's kind of how that works. We can't just protest and say like, oh, you should be open on Thursday, whatever. But the other thing that I've noticed is that the deals aren't really as good as they used to be. I mean, you are still got places like Best Buy where you'll get the really good uh, electronics that are like super cheap uh, and and you'll need to get a TV or you know, something's half off and, and you're like, yeah, this is like an actually really a good deal. But what I'm noticing is that a lot of times the deals are either not as good for Black Friday they are uh are deals that are sort of fabricated or made for black friday or the deals really aren't on black friday it's sort of like a weekend long thing or it starts before black friday so let me explain i they're the ones that are sort of made for black friday one of the things that one of my coworkers showed me is that places like best buy they actually will make you know you've got these like 50% off TVs or even lower 60 70% off TVs some of those TVs are actually, like, Black Friday specials. So, there'll be these, you know, big 55, 70-inch TVs, but they're ones that are sort of made for Black Friday. So, like, the the particular SKU is a special Black Friday TV, so it's made with, like, less HDMI ports or something. So, it's It's just a lesser TV. It's not as good of a TV. Even though it's still like a really good price and normally it would retail for significantly more, it's still not that good of a TV because for a TV that large, you would expect it to have lots of inputs and be, you know, like top in line. But not only that, but I'm noticing a lot of stores are doing pre Black Friday and after Black Friday and Black Friday weekend deals, Cyber Monday deals. Um, I personally, myself, just recently bought a new Apple Watch and I bought it. Uh, a stainless steel previous generation for about half off. But I bought that last week. And by the time Black Friday got here, the price for it had already gone up by $100. So it was like, I mean, I bought it online and it was way before Black Friday. And then by the time Black Friday got here, they increased the price. So it was like, what was even the point of Black Friday? If it was that good of a sale, why would you not hold it until Black Friday? unless the intention was to be a scummy store and not, I don't know. That to me, I just, the whole point of the good Black Friday deals has sort of disappeared and the putting it on Friday or or early or, or late Thursday doesn't really matter anymore. But anyway, onto my story. So every year as somebody who lives in South Jersey, I like to, we do our dinner and then Myself and whoever else we're going with, I used to go with my cousins, now I go with my brother and his girlfriend his, and uh, her brother. We go to the Hamilton Mall. For those who are from the South Jersey area, um, generally my mall is the Deptford Mall, for sure. But the Deptford Mall is a crazy place uh, with lots of stores that like surround the mall, so it's nearly impossible to get to the mall. So I like to avoid that mall. Instead, I go to the Hamilton Mall. It's relatively close. It's the next closest mall that I would prefer to go to. In the last couple of years, things have changed a little bit there. Two of the department stores have closed. um, But they do also have some surrounding stores just like Deptford, but it's not like right on top of the mall. So I feel like it's a lot easier to get into places. Um, And it's basically like two things. It's like the mall and this big shopping complex. So it's like you have two places to go, and then as soon as you're done, you leave. You know, we used to go. We would do a little bit of shopping. We'd sort of walk the mall. We would – we have a weird tradition. We would always get Chinese food. Um, Because you eat dinner so early, and then by the time it's like midnight when you're at the mall, you're like, maybe I want a little something. So you get like some Chinese food to share or something. But when we got there on Thursday, we probably got there maybe around 8 o'clock, the mall was closed. The mall itself was actually closed, the interior of the mall. So we looked um, on the website, and we were sort of checking out what was going on. Only the Macy's, the, the department store Macy's, was open. And... For those who are not familiar with the Deptford Mall, the Macy's is currently the only main anchor that's left. Um, they do have some; they have two junior anchors. They have Forever 21 and H and M. And on Thanksgiving night, they actually opened up a new anchor in the basement of what used to be the JCPenney, It's called Shoppers World, uh, and that that's the store that I mentioned that was open from 10 a.m. until 7 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. So that I was confused about, but Macy's, that just the interior of that Macy's store was the only thing that was open, and In the last year, that mall did get a new owner, but I'm still very surprised that because there are still lots of national retailers in that mall, why they closed for Thanksgiving night. Like if not enough of them wanted to open or not enough of them were going to open or whatever the sort of calculus was, they just decided not to open and it like threw off my whole Thanksgiving Black Friday tradition. So I couldn't get my Chinese food. We went to the other stores in the other complex, and that was fine, but it just, my whole thing was thrown off, so in conclusion about the whole, just to sort of wrap up the whole Black Friday thing, you know, I think it's completely changed to the point where it's almost unrecognizable from what it used to be, and, you know, every year it's getting harder and harder for me to justify going because it's just, it's not the same anymore. We'll be right back. Did you know that Millennially Speaking is now on Twitter? Check us out at underscore MS podcast. You'll see live tweets from events, updates for shows, and just my general opinions not heard on the show. Again, follow us on Twitter at underscore MS podcast. We're back. And what I wanted to talk about now is a show from the 70s that has sort of throughout time, and especially nowadays, has gotten a lot of attention and... Yeah. I'll explain. So, the show that I'm referring to is All in the Family. I think All in the Family is a fantastic show. I think it's very funny. I think it's very... Uh, it feels very real because it's using characters and people that you've probably heard before. You've probably heard the, the attitudes of the main character, Archie Bunker. One of the things that my family has always said is that my grandparents are almost like Archie and Edith. That they are... Sort of the back and forth, the just the their general attitude, their general what they say, what Archie says, what my grandfather always says. So, very similar in terms of their their characteristics and how they speak and and what they say. Um, and I mean, the the show is it has had sort of a, a lasting popularity. Um, so much so that this past year, ABC did a live version of one of their episodes. So the show still has lots of fans it still has lots of notoriety and it's still something that a lot of people really enjoy but one of my things that I occasionally I see it come up and it it just it bothers me a little bit and I I just figured this was a good time to sort of talk about that and that is that there's a particular set of people who when they bring up the show, All in the Family, they always say, oh, you could never do a show like that nowadays. People are so sensitive. They would never do a show like that nowadays. And parts of that are true, for sure. So so the attitudes of the character, the what he says is very bigoted and is very, in today's culture, especially in today's pop culture, wouldn't be right to say some of those things. But the people that say that are really missing the point of the show itself. And it's because people think that when that show came out, everything that Archie was saying was okay, or, you know, we used to be able to say the things that Archie says, or we used to be able to talk like that, and now we're so PC, and we're we're so sensitive, and that's not the point of the show. So the real point of the show and and in the development of that show, several actors actually turned down the role of Archie because they didn't want to portray a bigoted character. One of those people was Mickey Rooney because he thought that the character was, quote, un-American. And ABC, the network that developed the show... They originally were going to put on this show, but they thought that, you know, maybe they shouldn't do this show because it's, they they didn't want to put a bigoted, foul-mouthed character on television. So they actually ended up passing on the show, and it went to CBS. So it's not that, you know, all of a sudden Hollywood has gotten PC and we're not allowed to say certain things anymore. When this show was in development, people were skittish about the things that were being done on the show. And if you've ever seen an episode of this show, and the people that generally share these memes on Facebook that say that you could never do a show like this ever, they're the ones that have seen the show. But if you actually watched the show and understood what's going on on it, you would realize that Archie is not someone who, when he speaks, everyone around him just agrees and is like, yeah, he's right. You should say that thing or you should be that way. Like, no, Archie is the one that everyone is trying to refute. And I'm not saying it's everybody that sees this show feels that way, but there's a certain group of people sharing this kind of a meme on Facebook that I really don't think they understand the point of the show that Archie is a bigot and everyone around him understands that and refutes him and does not want him to say the things that he's saying that, you know, by allowing him to speak or by, by, by him, what he says, it's not right. And again, I'm not saying this to say that we can't watch all in the family and we shouldn't watch all in the family. In fact, I'm saying the opposite. I think shows like all in the family should exist and some do exist, just not in the same way. You know, the fact that bigoted, foul-mouthed people still exist, that's a reality. And not that we need to, you know, portray them with um and, and, and sort of lift them up as these, you know, saintly characters. But show that, like, hey, when somebody says something not right, you're allowed to say something. You're allowed to speak up and you're allowed to make them not, like... The moral compass of the room. That just because they are the. You know the quote unquote elder statesman. Or they're the you know they're the head of the household. Or they're the the eldest. Uh, they're the grandfather or they're the father or whatever. You know you're allowed to say something. And you're allowed to disagree with them as well. That. Uh, the, the other thing about this character. Is that he's also pointed out very much so. To be a hypocrite. Because I, I was just recently watching an episode. About. Um, faith on that show it was the his son-in-law and his daughter they were having a baby and they were talking about religion and his son-in-law didn't want to raise him on religion like wanted his son to choose his own religion and when archie's saying like no he has to you know believe in god he has to be a christian and he's like spouting off verses and and saying things or, or um i think at one point he was doing um He was trying to say the Star Spangled Banner for some reason and was saying all the words wrong. It's just pointing out that like a character like that that starts spewing this kind of stuff is also a hypocrite and doesn't know what he's talking about. So I would just say to those that watch on The Family and completely miss the point, you should probably rewatch the show and understand what's going on on the show and realize that like Hollywood hasn't changed PC culture regarding this show at least. Hollywood hasn't changed and PC culture hasn't changed. It was the same with that show. Especially if you understand who Carol O'Connor was. The person that portrayed Archie Bunker. That he was the complete opposite of Archie Bunker in real life. You know, he was playing a character. He was not playing himself. He was just portraying something that we've all seen and we can all recognize. So, PC culture hasn't run amok. At least regarding All in the Family... It just has been this way all the time. We'll be right back. Did you know that Millennially Speaking is also on Instagram? Check us out at Millennially underscore Speaking. You'll find previews for new episodes, polls about upcoming topics, and a whole lot more. Again, follow us on Instagram at Millennially Speaking. Lastly, what I wanted to talk about is something that's going on with another TV show. Uh, America's Got Talent. So if you hadn't heard uh, this past week or maybe it was the week before, um, they announced that two of the judges from the last season, uh, Gabrielle Union and Julianne Huff were not going to be returning for the next season and this has happened before. The The show has had numerous judges. We were used to this during American Idol, when American Idol was on, and they kept changing judges. So the fact that the judges were leaving and changing was not that unusual. I mean, the two had been there only for one season, so that was kind of short, but it didn't immediately scream anything you know, weird or out of the ordinary. But after they uh, were announced that they were not coming back, we started hearing some things in the news, in the entertainment media that maybe there was something else going on so one of the things that we've been hearing is that the show the network whatever it is uh, has become a toxic work environment especially especially for women and um, there were just a couple of different things that were just some accusations being made so um, Julianne Huff said she received some critiques on her outfits um, ones that were inappropriate especially for the context for for which she was talking, or whatever, and that Gabrielle Union said that she was um, critiqued by. I don't know whether it was her co stars, her the network, some producers, whatever it was. Said that some of her hairstyles were too black. And one of the other things that we're now hearing about is that she wanted to pick one of the one of the talents that was on the show was this ten year old black rapper named Dylan Gilmer. And apparently Gabrielle Union was told by somebody at the show that she should pick somebody else rather than him because she should pick somebody that, quote, America can get behind. And obviously there's lots of things to deal with here. I have lots of feelings on this. Um, One of the things that, I mean... Based on what happened with Matt Lauer, it's not hard to believe that NBC is not the greatest place for women's or women's environment. That, like, when women say things, when women speak up about a toxic work environment, that they don't get heard. That's not very surprising. Um, and, and also what's not surprising, I guess, and I mean, in some ways it is surprising, but in other ways it's not. I can't believe that in 2019... We're still trying to be diverse, but also stifling diversity. I cannot, for the life of me, understand why any network executive or any any person in charge of television or media or anything would suggest that a, a black woman's hair is too black. That it's not suitable for television, for entertainment, whatever. I just, that to me sounds so backwards, so 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever, that I just can't contemplate the idea of, you know, having such a diverse culture and, and, you know, and not allowing people to just be themselves. Because that to me is just from a purely cynical, you know, from NBC and, and, and America's Got Talent's perspective to have a black woman being herself and having that reflected on your show makes you kind of look good you know at, just at a very cynical level for them but at a you know a real human level why would you want to censor her when she you just hired her you know it doesn't make any sense whatsoever you know it's it's this continued idea of Creating diversity, but then also not being, quote, too diverse, you know? And, and what is the harm in someone having hair that is different from somebody else? What What is the... It, it's not like we're sitting at a desk, we're sitting at an office, we're sitting doing something that's, you know, uh, traditional in terms of employment or traditional like other people do. You're a judge on a television show. For her to have hair that is different from someone else, for her to have hair that's, you know, more the the kinks and the curls in it, wh- how is that inappropriate or wrong? How is that too black? I just, I cannot for the life of me in 2019 understand why we are still figuring that out. And on top of that, there's also accusations that uh, Gabrielle Union is saying that Jay Leno, who served as a guest judge on the show for... An episode that he made a racist joke, but then somebody else defended him and said it wasn't racist. Uh, to me, that's another one of those things that I really dislike. the The person was Alonzo Bowden, and he said that whatever whatever his joke was, that he said that it wasn't racist. That's one of those things that still bothers me today. Is you see this a lot more in conservative commentary when. Sort of like a majority or a bunch of people say that something is bad or racist or wrong. But then one woman, black person, gay person, whatever. One person says it's okay. Therefore, oh, it was never wrong and it was just the liberal media getting all uppity and getting all, you know, PC on you. No, that person might just be, you know, saying it for a different reason. What what do they have to gain? What are they in it for? You know, not that, you know, we're, we're all entitled to our own individual opinions. First of all, you know, Alonzo Bowden does not speak, you know, he's not the voice of the black people and, and neither is Gabrielle Union for that matter. You know, if Gabrielle Union thought it was racist, but Alonzo Bowdoin did not. That doesn't mean necessarily that one over the other is correct. It also doesn't mean that, you know, we can't have a discussion about whether something was racist or not. But it also doesn't mean that you can just discount it because one person said it wasn't racist. If a bunch of people all sort of agree and, and believe when something's happening, you can't just ignore that. You can't let one person distract from that. So I would just say get it together, and stop censoring black people for just, you know, being black, for just looking black. I I don't understand why we're still doing that. It just seems, it's crazy to me. And that's all for this edition of Millennially Speaking. I'm David Latimer. Be sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you like this podcast, share us with your friends. Thanks for listening.